0: A problem that's been plaguing our society lukewarm christians time to have a quality time let's get into it what's up people i am joshua prophet and i am here with my lovely girlfriend kenya McIntosh. She's about to pop up right there there she is hey everyone and We are going to talk about a problem that has been plaguing our society rapidly.
1: It's pretty bad.
0: It's pretty bad. Let's jump straight into it. Lukewarm Christians. So what is the problem with Christians today?
1: Well, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is not having a backbone Mm -hmm. and thinking that being Christian means that you have to be passive. And then I think. The second thing that comes to mind and it's the topic of this episode Mm -hmm. are lukewarm questions because you can't be in and out. You have to pick a side.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that goes straight into what we're getting ready to talk about, like the hot versus cold, which is where the verse we're about to put the verse up in a second. But yeah, I think that's the one of the biggest problems is people aren't choosing God and sometimes they're not even just strictly just choosing the world right Mm -hmm. they're like wanting to have god but then mix in what feels good from the world and everything's from the world centered around the self and it it drives narcissism but as christians everything is for the glory of god you first you're supposed to seek first the kingdom of god Mm -hmm. and so i think when you are out in the world and you try to and you start to blur those lines. That's when you really become lukewarm, right? Because, um, well, let's just go straight (laughs) to the verse, right? So the verse is Revelations 315 or Revelations 3 verses 15 and 16. It says, well, you want to read it?
1: I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so that is some good stuff. So what exactly is this verse saying?
1: Um, so reading that verse makes me think of this one movie that I love called mm-hmm. War Room. And basically, it's a great movie. Yes. Yes, it is. In that movie, basically, it's like an older woman. She's mentoring someone younger. And basically, she gives her hot coffee. She gives her coffee, mm-hmm. and the coffee she gives her is a lukewarm coffee. And the girl's like, "You ill? Why would you give this to me?" Right. And the point was, well, just like you don't like lukewarm coffee, God doesn't like lukewarm followers. Right. So, with that being said, it's saying, "Hey, you gotta be either hot for Jesus or cold for the world, but you can't have both."
0: Wow. Okay. I like how you said that. A lot of people, so when I was doing some research, it actually, like a lot of people interpret it hot. You got to be on fire for God and cold means that you're for the world. But when I was, um, doing some research, Alan Parr had a good video on the beat and I looked up some commentary on it. It actually was saying that God can use you if you're hot or cold, but you got to choose one mm-hmm. because if you're lukewarm, you're not useful at all.
2: I it's guess like that, yeah. you
0: think about like all the beverages that we drink. We either want it like ice cold or we want like hot, like, you know, the tea that we're drinking here on quality time. Right. But you're, you're never going to, you know, go to the waitress and be like, I want, I mean, some people were like, I want room temperature water or something, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, a, a oddity, but. Back in those days, um, I'm gonna try to get the story straight as best as I can. Um, They had basically there was two cities, right? And they both flowed. um, The people that this was addressed to was in a place where the water was lukewarm, right? And it was in between two cities, one that had hot spring water and the other that had, you know, cold water. And they were basically saying, Hey, I wish you were hot like this city or cold like this city, because if it's hot, you can use the water for like, you know, bathing or, you know, tea or, you know, different things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And if you're cold, well, that's good for, you know, I don't know, like drinking drinking, and, you know, cooking and doing all these other different things. And so it's, it's saying that if you're lukewarm, you're not useful to God. And so be hot or be cold so that you are useful the kingdom of God so that God can use you. And it kind of goes back to what we talk about all the time. It's like, what is the fruit that you're bearing right, or that you're bearing, right? Mm-hmm. And so are you bearing good fruit that God can harvest or are you bearing no fruit and God is just going to say, "Hey, you're I'm just going to burn you up. I'm going to forget so about I'm gonna you."
1: I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think um what gets lost a lot of times is that people become, you know, back to what we were just saying, they want to, they're almost like they're partial, right? It's like they're one foot in one foot out. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes them look warm. Yeah. And that's what's going to get us into our next segment, which is the threat of partiality. Partiality will send you to hell straight straight to hell and we are going to get into it right now so partiality will send you straight to hell why is partiality bad though kenya
1: because it's like okay okay i know you guys know on the show josh loves to use sports analogies of course okay but for me i'm going to use you know a girl an- analogy <laughs> just think about it okay girl you're about to get married you're getting your bridal party together. And then one of your, you depend on your bridesmaids, right? Like, you need them to do A, B, and C, D. Right. What if you have a bridesmaid that's like, oh, yeah, I'll be your bridesmaid. But 50% of the time, they're like, oh, whoa, I can't do that. And the other 50% of the time, they're like, oh, yeah, I am totally there for you. It's why? not dependable. Well,
0: why are you even a bridesmaid or even associated with that person at that point? Oh, that's that's a how good, I that's see it. That's a
1: good question. Like, if, why are you, if your
0: friend's not, like like useful, like you, you need to watch the people that you're surrounded with.
1: Well, well, mm-hmm. well, we can, we can turn that around to okay. partial Christians. Right. Or, or lukewarm Christians. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you even a Christian if you're not all in, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you might as well just go all the way into the world. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think James puts it well right here in James 2 8 and 10 or 8 through 10. You want to read it, Kenya?
1: Yeah. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you mm. show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all.
0: Mm, I like that. And you know, what I really like is that it says, You've heard that you shall love your neighbor as yourself, which everybody uses that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They even use that to say, like, get an abortion or go get the COVID vaccine to like, but it's like, you only that that's like, yeah, that's the commandment of the commandments, but you're only able to fulfill that commandment if you're upholding the rest of the law. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what James is saying. It's like, well, if you're guilty of one thing in the laws, say like, Okay, yeah, I honor my mother and father, but I don't care. I'm just going to sleep around because that feels good to me, Mm -hmm. which goes back to the feeling. It's like, what do I want versus what is good for me in the sight of God? What is better for, you know, the ultimate glory of God, which in the end is going to lead me towards a more fulfilling life and I will reap the blessings from that? Right. And so I just think that people get lost in saying, oh, just love your neighbor as yourself. Do this and love your neighbor or
1: forget everything else.
0: Right. And and it also goes back to when you were saying that Christians are kind of, you know, soft and mellow and and pushovers. And when it comes to, you know, different things, they don't want to stand up for on the word. It's like, oh, you know, there could be some leeway here. You know, we just got to love and accept people. And it's like, no, we need to stand firm on the word of God Mm -hmm. because you know that's what we are called to do and if you are you know if you transgress one of the laws you are in violation of it all and so I think James is a book that will kind of scare you Uh, when I first read (laughs) it I was like I was like oh man I'm going to hell when when I first read it so yeah yeah I like it a lot and so I mean yeah those are kind of just our thoughts Do you have any more thoughts on what this means?
1: Um, going back to what you were saying about you know Christians being, we have to be firm on the word, right? In bold in the word, it makes me think of like Jesus. Like there were times when Jesus, you know, didn't say anything, right? And there were times when he was like, "Hey, y'all need to do this, get mm-hmm. it together." But I think there's a time and a place for everything. But overall, like Jesus wasn't
0: passive. You gotta, you gotta know and understand. The situation. Right. And so I like how the Bible is saying, like, you kind of need to be bold and the Holy Spirit will guide you. That's not like the exact verbatim, what the Bible says, but in in essence, if you are seeking God, right. And you're orienting yourself and you're taking on the spirit of Christ every day, and you're trying to become righteous. Of course, we're all going to fall short, but that doesn't mean that we don't, you know, pick ourselves up and we, Repent and then keep aiming towards him if we can do that then You know, the Holy Spirit is gonna lead us to exactly to where we need he's gonna give us the words to say He's gonna give he's gonna be that light unto our path and the lamp unto our feet And so we need to have confidence in that rather than saying oh My feelings the world they make a compelling argument and I have all this peer pressure. It's like no like I'm gonna be all right doing it God's way rather than doing it your right way. way. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And we, we have a really, really good quote that kind of puts a lot of this into perspective. It is from John R.W. Stott. Stott. And it says, the modern world detests authority, but worships relevance. Our Christian conviction is that the Bible both has authority and relevance and that the secret of both is Jesus Christ. And I think this ties everything together very beautifully because it's when you're out in the world, it's like you don't have an authority. The authority is whatever the world is feeling.
1: Whatever you please.
0: Right, right. Whatever. Exactly. Whatever is relevant. And that's exactly what um, this quote is speaking to. But with God, everything's everything's set. There's no guessing with God. He's it's constant. It's like everything remains the same, or <clears throat> everything changes, but God remains, you know, the same or constant, like you just said. And then, if you can apply that to your life, where God is both the ultimate authority and is relevant in your life, that is the ultimate, you know, set uh, setup for you know a fulfilling and meaningful life because you're going to have discipline and you're going to, you know, reap the benefits of, you know, what God has to offer you.
1: Yeah. And while I was reading this, um, I talked to you a little earlier about it, Right. but there's this book I'm reading called the private thoughts of men or something like that. And basically in the book, it was talking about how, um, a lot of times as men are growing up, they try to mimic the, the image of a man rather than the substance of a man right so this is this quote makes me think of that like people like the idea of Mm -hmm. being a christian but when it comes to actually being a christian and the the action behind it yeah yeah it's like whoa that's a little too much right right
0: right it's like but when you break it down and you think about it it's like why wouldn't you want to mimic and be more substantive uh, be more of the substance of Jesus. Mm. uh, For lack of better words. Um, It's like, why? Why wouldn't you want to be like Jesus? And the answer is people do, but they don't want to do what is required to they don't want to, you know, you know, stop. Yeah, they don't want to stop having sex. They sometimes don't want to honor their mother and father, um, if they've had like a rough life. Um, I mean, that's difficult to do. They don't want to, you know,
1: forgive,
0: forgive. Yeah. And they don't want to, you know, I mean, some people have a issue with, you know, just lying.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, bearing false witness. And so if. Yeah, right. I mean,
1: yeah. And also yeah. like, I like idolatry, all that kind of stuff. Too. Right, right. So. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I was trying to I was thinking I was trying to get through all the Ten Commandments in my head <laughs> at the same time. And so, I mean, all of this is going to go back to one simple thing that we want you to ponder, and this is is the word of God the most relevant authority in your life? And that goes straight back to the quote, right? Is basically the world wants you, the world is going to want you to chase relevance, but God needs to be your authority. And if you can combine the two and, and have God as your relevant authority in your life, that is going to set you up for you know, the best life possible all right so we are going to move on to our next segment so quality people we're going to put all of this into perspective for you this is wheat or chaff will you be the wheat or burn with the chaff yes so we're about to go there so question for quality people how do i prevent becoming lukewarm. So that's, that's a good question, Christian, I was was going to say (laughs) Christian. (laughs) That's a good question, Kenya. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Um, I think one of the best ways to prevent becoming lukewarm is of course staying in your word, Mm -hmm. but I want to make it like, I guess a little more practical, I guess. Okay. Um, I would say just like being able to surround yourself with things of God, whether that's like you're in your car and you have the Christian radio station on, because if you forget to plug your phone in or you're in a rush, you have that to listen to. Or even like in, if you're at your job, put like little scriptures around or have your desktop image Christ related, just like surround yourself with things of God will help bring him into remembrance for you. Mm-hmm. And over time, I think that kind of like, grows your faith, which I think is a big thing when it comes to like being lukewarm. So I would say that
0: now I definitely agree. Because I mean, one thing that I've challenged myself to do is to read the Bible in a year, and I've gotten behind. And so the last couple of days I've had to read extra to catch up because I don't want to hit that, you know, catch me up button on the Bible app because I think that's just kind of like a cop out. It's like, yeah. cause you could, once you get in the habit of doing that, then it's like, uh, I can just keep doing that. And then you never finish. And so I am really trying to, you know, catch up and I was reading way more than I was supposed to because I was like, you know, five days behind. And so, but, When When I was diving diving into into the word and, you know, just thinking and spending spending time with God God and praying about it and and meditating meditating on the things that that I read, read, it was was just like, man, this is, this is awesome. And I I can just just feel feel myself and my ideas change. It's
1: amazing. right? Yeah. Just just
0: because of the the sheer, you know, nature of what what I was reading reading and what what I was pouring into into me. And so I think to prevent becoming lukewarm you have to constantly be pouring God into you Mm -hmm. more than the world it goes back to what you were just saying you have to always have you know something that relates back to God around you right whether it's you know the radio in your car I mean not say not to say that you can't listen to you know secular music at times or I mean and try to and steer it to things that are still have a positive message yeah. it's more along. I don't want you listening to anything crazy, but listen to things with a positive message that maybe aren't, you know, you know inherently Christian. That's okay. But at the core of everything you do needs to be grounded in, you know, the Christian ethos and the values that, you know, God has already established because much of the things in our society, like a lot of the sayings, come from one place, and that's the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they've been, you know, you know, reworked and retold and, you know, honestly, just perverted to mean something uh, other than what it was originally, or other than what it came from. But a lot of the sayings come from the Bible, and a lot of the ideas come from the Bible, at least the good ones. Yeah, at least the good ones. And so um, I think Yeah, I think that's how you just become and prevent from being lukewarm. And so I I guess our question is, are you going to be the wheat or the chaff? Like we kind of hinted at this at the beginning of this segment. But Matthew 3.12, what does it say, Kenya?
1: Matthew 3.12 says, His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor. Mm -hmm. Gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff, with unquenchable
0: fire. Yeah. And so this was John the Baptist actually uh, talking about the coming of Jesus Um, because they were basically saying, Oh, are you the Messiah, John? He's like, no, No. (laughs) the one who's coming after me. I'm not even, you know, worthy enough to like touch his sandals and like just be in his presence, essentially. But and he's saying this guy right here He's not and a lot of people think that Jesus is the loving the lover and he unites people and he's he unites people in Christ mm-hmm. the, the people that want to do God's will yeah. that want to uphold his law but he's more of a divider if you don't want to if you don't want to do that then he you, you'll be with the you'll be with the with the chaff right mm-hmm. and just like he said like the wheat will gather into the barn and that that's basically you'll be part of the new earth you'll be part of heaven or you'll enter into the kingdom of god chaff he's gonna burn you and so this is our quality conclusion if you walk by faith you will bear good fruit and be useful for the kingdom of god if you want to be a part of the wheat you must orient yourself towards heaven daily and as a result continually be shaped by the righteousness of God. Do you have any closing thoughts, you
1: This was a good conversation, and I really do pray that this plants a seed in y'all's lives, for real.
0: No, I love it. And we'll be right back after we take a sip with our quality basics.
1: Ooh, that was some heat, right? Make sure you like this video for more fire content.
0: Oh, that's from kenya hello okay. hello everybody
1: we're gonna get into cam newton's funky friday
0: yeah we are about to <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're about to i don't know why that went to you but I guess hey, it's wanted all wanted good wanted to see my face yeah i wanted to see the glow up i wanted to see the glow up so yeah cam newton made some headlines well not really headlines i mean he just kind of alerted um because he was talking about the bible anytime you know somebody's talking about the bible that's a prominent figure and i like cam Newton. i love watching him through college at auburn i was reading for the guy i read it for the guy all the way through his nfl career i'm still rooting for the guy but he was talking about the bible and he says some crazy stuff and i mean we're gonna critique it maybe he's right maybe there's a little part where he's wrong or or well there's definitely a part where he's wrong but let's just dive I into it. lost
3: in translation and i and i warrant what i'm about to say People say, "Oh, that's in the Old Testament. This is the New Testament," mm-hmm. and things like that. There are some high-valued men in the Bible that had a lot of favor from God mm-hmm. by having multiple wives mm-hmm. and multiple concubines. Mm-hmm. So you can't sit up here and say you want a man of God, and not acknowledge the fact that oh, in this society it's socially accepted, but in the Bible, when you talk about David, mm-hmm. when you talk about Solomon, the mm-hmm. most wi- the wisest person in all of Earth, mm-hmm. he had. The most wives anybody has ever had, mm-hmm. and concubines mm-hmm. and David when David was in battle, mm-hmm. he would go back to not only to save his wives but to go back
0: and protect his concubines mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's cam Newton uh, he's talking basically about polygamy and kind of giving an argument on how you know he just kind of brought up the discussion. maybe there were men in the Bible who were polygamists. So- yeah, what's up? Why why can't we be polygamous? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Why can't we be polygamous? Yeah,
0: it's like, why why can't we?
1: I mean, I don't think that's God's intention mm-hmm. for marriages to be. I think he allowed it, mm-hmm. but overall, it wasn't something that's like, yeah, I want my I want my people to be in, you know, Polygamous relationships. Yeah, go forth my children.
0: Right, right. I mean in every instance that God's talking about You know a marriage even the marriage between Christ and the church It's between one woman and one man.
1: Yeah, singular.
0: Right, right and I think There's the next clip that we're about to watch is beautiful because it kind of breaks down He mentioned like Solomon and David and a lot of these guys that have polygamous relationships and how they were blessed right but you you see saw Sol- if you track solomon's life he gets to the end of his life and he's like man none of this even mattered like all is vanity like, if you read ecclesiastes that's some oh, yeah. that's right up that's right <laughs> up there with james right it will just it'll just you know awaken you and, and just be like wow okay like none of this matters right none of the the smartphone doesn't matter the it, all this material stuff doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that I am, you know, doing everything for the glory of God, upholding his law, because that's what's going to bring fulfillment. Because all these other things, right? I, I get on my smartphone, scroll through social media, I get off and then I have to get back on it because I'm just never satisfied. And God is the only thing that can truly satisfy you. And it's kind of the same thing with polygamy. It's like, Why, what what is the purpose of you wanting polygamy? Does it, does it, does it stem from like a sinful place? And most often it does, because if you, if you, if you go back and we we didn't play the intro to this, he was like, I like concubines, I like all of them. And it it was almost like, it was like a sexually driven, like I just want the women or I just want to collect the trophies. That comes from a sinful place but in the bible a lot of times especially with like um with abraham he was taking on he would actually take on another wife and so in a sense he was it was almost like a loophole where he was like i'll take on another wife so i can have a kid because his wife sarah can have a kid and but even though god promised and instead of waiting on that promise from god he was like oh i know better than god and and almost but yeah there was consequences almost every single time the the woman would get jealous or there would be you know dissension and i think um this clip from southern seminary is just beautiful and it kind of rebuts exactly what cam newton just solomon
4: said. is a tragic figure because he did not practice what he preached so you have the wisdom of solomon in what he wrote But we don't see the wisdom of Solomon in the way he lived. He disregarded his own wise principles. He multiplied wives, which is expressly forbidden for kings in Deuteronomy 17. The king is not to multiply wives, not to multiply gold, not to multiply horses, because who is a king going to marry? He's going to marry a a princess from another country and it's gonna create a political alliance and they're gonna trust in that alliance and they're not gonna trust in the Lord. Solomon is a tragic figure because he did.
0: And so, yeah, exactly. It's you you can't go based off of what these men did. You have to go based off of what God Told commanded, mm-hmm. right? And just because they were great figures in the Bible. Um, and that we, you know, uphold doesn't mean that they did everything morally right. Right. And so, cause you can make the same argument for Deba or <laughs> Deba. <laughs> I mix David and, Bab- and <laughs> Bathsheba. You, you make the same argument. He, he sees that woman and then be like, oh, well, David did that and he was blessed. So I'm no, just going to follow. Know. Yeah. But these men are examples
1: of what s- not to do <laughs>
0: sometimes of what not to do, mm-hmm. but ultimately their faith drove them towards god and that is the basically what we're supposed to get from them that their faith continually drove them towards god despite their sinful nature and so um let's take another uh let's take a look at another cam newton clip uh from that same episode
3: for the why for the bible to be so direct right? Mm -hmm. I've always stood on this principle. Not to say that I believe in cheating, not to say I believe in uh, polygamy relationships, not to say all that. I'm saying this just for the sake of conversation. Mm -hmm. It never said one wife. For it to be so specific, it said a wife, right? You can be a wife. You also can be a wife.
4: To the same man, right? Is that what you're saying?
3: Yes. Okay. You can be a wife. (laughs) And in other religions, when we talk about Mormons, when we talk about Muslims, when we talk about Christians, when we talk about Buddhists, when we talk about people and other religions, the common denominator in this—we all have a due diligence to say, "Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you." In some way, shape, form, mm-hmm. yeah. Doesn't matter. I
2: don't really believe
1: in that, though.
3: But, uh, but that—that that the my yeah. point is yeah. this. So
1: it's just like I don't want that. When you
3: <laughs> like, talk about when you talk about the different that. That the different crazy. beliefs and religions, mm-hmm. Muslims are
0: able to have multiple wives. Mm-hmm. Now, hold up, hold up, because she doesn't want people to treat her like she yeah. would treat them. What? and so, how you so you just want to treat people bad but I still have them treat you good or good and still have them treat you good? Like what I What are I'm, you saying? I'm not understanding that. But that's not the point of it's not. this what? video. Carrying on. <laughs> you want multiple
2: wives Cam? No,
3: I do not. Just get it out. And please and please don't hear my rebuttal or No, my I think arguments. it's great for the
2: sake of conversation, you. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying
0: for the why? I Ooh, mean, for- okay, so yeah, that was the end of it. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's pushing the envelope still.
1: Devil's advocate.
0: Right, and um, mm-hmm. later, because I, I don't want to misrepresent Cam, because he was basically kind of saying like, this is just kind of a conversation that I wanted to have. Um, he, he does kind of live in this manner, um, if you've just seen his behavior, uh, which I don't necessarily agree with. But I mean, it is an interesting conversation because the Bible doesn't explicitly, you know, just straight, flat out say polygamy is, you know, forbidden, right? And so I did I did watch a video uh, that was over on this topic that said, "Are is you know, polygamy necessary or necessary into this society? Probably not, right? Um, but." In our culture and in our society, it is outlawed. And as Christians, we are supposed to uphold the laws of the land so long as they don't, you know, conflict with the laws of God. And here is a good Jordan Peterson clip, and he is explaining, you know, kind of the dangers of what polygamy can bring to a society.
2: Societies seem to function better, that is less violently, let's say, when there's one woman per man If there's many women per man There aren't many women for every man There are a handful of men. Let's say a minority of men a Pareto distribution of men who have a disproportionate number of women and a lot of men who have none and those aren't happy men Let's put it that way. Uh, They're men who are very likely to get up to no good very rapidly. So there's that. Then I would say the women who, let's say a man has many women, and let's say he's a desirable man for that matter, just for the sake of argument. If he has a variety of women, then those women don't have much of him. So they don't get to establish a real individual relationship with him because it's going to be fragmentary. All right,
0: so we are back. And today I was Jordan Peterson saying that, you know, society seem to function better when there's one woman per man. And that's not to say that, you know, for every man is going to get a woman because that's generally not how it plays out. There's a lot of men and women for that matter that aren't going to be paired up. But in a monogamous society, there's a lot of Basically, the top 20% of men aren't going to be getting, you know, 80% of the women leaving, you know, 80% of men, you know, basically lonely, sexless, and bored. And when men are lonely, sex, sexless, and bored, they become, basically, they become violent in a in sense. Incels. In, yeah, incels, basically. Involuntary, what, what does that Voluntary—I I don't know I don't what it for. Some some remember. red pill term, yeah. And and so that that's just uh, just to give you a perspective, just from a psychological standpoint, that polygamy isn't, you know, what it's cracked up to be. It's probably just fueling a sexual desire for the man. Also, it's not what God intended for marriage to be, because the Bible talks about, you know, uh, a man will leave his, you know, family and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Now, how can you become one flesh with multiple, you know, partners and be responsible, be the provider, be the protector? Like, I mean, it's hard for you to do that for yourself. In a lot of cases it's hard for a lot of men to do that for yourself and then you bring uh, another person into it another woman then that just complicates the issue and there a lot of men can't even master that and so the idea to think that you can have just a bunch of women just hanging out i mean it's a prideful its a pride thing it's a i just want trophies type thing i think do you have any thoughts um
1: I don't agree with polygamy and I think everything that you said backed up. Why? I don't agree with it. So thank
0: you. <laughs> all right. Now to wrap this segment up, we're going to, you know, um, get into one more clip by the Southern Seminary that just brings this all the way home. And then we're going to go to our quality Bay segment.
4: If you look at the New Testament and look at what Jesus says in the New Testament and look at what the apostles say, they never hold up anyone from the Old Testament as a moral example. They hold them up as examples of faith, but not as examples of morality. So uh, there's, there's a very clear difference between what God commands and instructs us to do in marriage and how his people actually behaved in the in the in the history that's recorded for us just because these things happened in the old testament uh, we have to listen to what the narrator is saying the narrator is not saying this is a good thing he's showing that it's a bad thing it creates all kinds of problems and it doesn't create a, a satisfactory way to live because it's abandoning the creation standard
0: right and that's exactly mm-hmm. kind of yeah, what i was what hinting said. at right mm-hmm. is it's not what god commanded it's what man wanted mm-hmm. now God uses sinners all the time and will bless sinners all the time. Like even if you were, you know, a a model Christian trying to, you know, striving for God every day, I mean, you're still going to fall short of God's glory. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he won't bless you. That doesn't mean he won't put you in you know, positions of power or, you know, authority to the world. um, What, you know, the world would consider, you know, successful. Right. Because he puts sinners in positions of power and success to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you know, just kind of going back to what Cam said, it's like, oh, these were, you know, high value men who got favor from God. It's like, well, I mean, there's other people who were like them who were kings that were probably, you know, doing the same thing. And that's just one person. Yeah. And a lot of their behavior isn't to be modeled right their faith is to be modeled but we should always be striving towards what god has commanded and in the case of marriage one woman one man becoming one flesh let's get into our quality based segment
4: if you look at the new testament and look at
0: all right so Quality Bay segment, we're going to let Kenya take on over and we're going to ask our final two, three questions and then we're going to wrap this thing up.
1: All right. So I think this question was one of the ones that came up while I was Mm -hmm. watching the video. Is polygamy necessary today? I say I ask this question Mm -hmm. because I'm starting to see this topic come up a lot you know, a lot in YouTube, Twitter, right. Everywhere. But is it really necessary today? Am I answering?
0: I mean I can answer.
1: Oh answer first. I <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean yeah, I was I was ladies first. I was gonna let you go.
1: Um absolutely not. I do not think so. Um just because back then polygamy the reason why they had you no know, concubines and all that kind of stuff was typically because women didn't have you no know, women couldn't have jobs. They couldn't do anything, and if they were married, they were usually. I mean, if they weren't able to get married, then they were usually left to become a prostitute, or end up in slavery, or end up extremely poor, and they're left with starvation. Right. Today, though, right.
0: so it was almost like a so it was it was like slavery for. It was like it was a compromise, I
1: think. It was like protection. It was like protection during that time. But now, because we have, you know, woman empowerment, we have the ability as women to go get a job, to go do these things and provide for ourselves, the necessity for polygamy isn't necessary nowadays. Uh, yeah. I
0: mean, also, like... You, if you can pretty much walk on the street in most places, um, it's not like the society is not dangerous. Or if you are in any, if there's an imminent threat, you can call help. And because our society is very orderly, you know, you're talking about back then, um, society wasn't as you know structured, right? And it was a lot, it was dangerous for a woman to kind of be out, just by herself. Whereas now like women can, you know, be, they can walk into a grocery store by themselves and nobody's going to think about it for the most part. I mean, you you have people that will, you know, attack women, unfortunately, but that's not as common as back then. Like there's a, there's a lot more protection. And so the need for polygamy, especially in the Western world is nullified. And going back to what I said earlier, It is illegal, in pretty much all the Western world, I think, for the most part. Uh Except parts
1: of Utah, I think. Where? Parts of Utah.
0: Oh yeah, parts of Utah, because it's like the Mormon society, (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: uh, and whatnot. But I mean, like I said, we're supposed to follow the laws of the land as Christians, unless it conflicts with, you know, the laws of God. And this is something that doesn't conflict with the law of God, even though. God doesn't explicitly say that it is you know a no-go all right let's move on to our next question.
1: Why is society drifting away from the idea of marriage in a traditional aspect of what a relationship is supposed to be I yeah. <laughs> I think this is because it's just not valued anymore, but then it begs the question, why isn't it valued anymore? I think it's not valued anymore because one, a lot of people haven't grown up in the nuclear family unit that God intends for families to be like, and that draws people away from it. And I think it also makes people
0: Yeah, why are you looking at me?
1: <laughs> well no, I got nervous. Um, I think also people are moving away from the idea of marriage because they see it as old school, they see it as why does the government have to get involved? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think ultimately it goes back to Just not being firm and grounded in the Word of God. Because I feel like if they were firm and grounded in the Word of God, they would understand the importance of marriage and why God put that there for His children.
0: I would agree. Um, I think it goes back to, you know, just not the, the society's becoming, you know, more secular, right? And we're losing. God and everything. It's like, nah, anything that has to do with God, we're just, yeah, we're gonna let it go. He said, one woman, one wife, we're like, ah, not really about that. We really want to just be out here doing anything. Oh, and by the way, if we're gonna have a wife, let's have a bunch of wives because we can do that. And so I think it's just, you know, not being strong in the Word of God and not even seeking God. But like we said before, know, God, Jesus is going to come and he is going to separate the wheat from the chaff and you want to be part of the wheat that, you know, that reaps his harvest rather than the chaff that is going to burn. And so that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) All right. And so here is our, uh, oh, we have one more. We have more questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, babe. How can we make... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How can we make our relationships stable enough to avoid polyamory?
0: I mean, I just think it just goes back to anything the Bible says about relationships, period. But specifically about, you know, a husband and a wife. We need to make sure that we are you know, striving to be exactly like that. And not only being like that, but also being exemplary to other Christians, uh, because not only do you want to be like that for God, but you also want to be like that for his glory too. and so that goes back to you know passing on or what's it called when you paying paying it forward right where you're you know taking the younger generation or taking other people who are single and saying, "Hey." Look, you can do it like this so that, it, that they don't have to turn to the world and, you know, be caught up in what the world is doing, because when you're single and it's, you can kind of feel like, man, I've been praying, I've been even fasting, I've been being diligent, I've been in my word, I've been trying to lead a righteous life and God hasn't blessed me with a person yet. And then you start creeping into you know what the world has to offer and the world is going to give you a bad answer and lead you further away from god rather than drawing you near to him and so not only um do we need to be firm in the commandments of god for us but we need to be firm in the commandments of god for you know the people around us so that one we build community to so that everybody can you know help each other along, you know, our walks, but also, you know, just to secure and make sure that we're doing the will of God to ensure our, you know, place in heaven.
1: Yeah. I would agree. And yeah. I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Just staying firm in the word and also keep in mind I feel like the farther we drift from the word, the more consequences there are
0: also, so right, I mean yeah that's that just goes without saying because I mean the more you do against like your parents' wishes, the more you're going to get punished for it, um and it's it and it's sometimes it's not even like immediate punishment like oh you're gonna get a spanking like it's something it might not be something physical that you have to face it may be something like emotional and spiritual that you go through so you never know yeah but all at the end of the day right don't be partial uphold all of god's commandments be part of the wheat so that you are not in the chaff when jesus comes this has been a quality time. We want to encourage you to subscribe, hit that like button for more quality content and until next time, live godly.